Yo, what's up, guys? It's Jeff. Welcome back to the Updated Podcast. Happy Friday, by the way. Uh, Today's a great day, if you didn't know already. (laughs) But uh, things are looking up this week. It's been a long week, but things are looking up uh, for the world out there. I mean, there's a ton of stuff going on in the world right now, but... Uh, locally in SoCal here, it looks like things are opening back up. Looks like things are returning semi back to normal. So I'm, for one, am very happy for that. And um, yeah, just kind of brightened my entire week just hearing that things were opening back up and uh, restrictions are a little bit uh, less. And um, it looks like things are getting back to normal. So I, for one, am excited. I hope uh, you guys out there who are live in states or countries whose restrictions are very tough, um, you know, hopefully things ease up for you guys as well. Um, but let's go ahead and get into today's episode. If I didn't already, I believe I said happy Friday. Happy Friday. Um, I am Jeff, obviously. Uh, I come from YouTube. My channel is uh, updated on YouTube. You can check it out, youtube.com slash updated. Um, I just threw down some merch on the Cotton Bureau. Um, they have an awesome platform. You can order stuff. It's actually, uh, they make it really cheap and their stuff is actually really high quality. I've had it for months now and are, I'm very pleased with all of their clothing. I really haven't found a distributor like them um, that has such high quality. And the great thing about the Cotton Bureau is you can go there, you can look at my stuff. It's Cotton Bureau com slash people slash updated you could pick yourself up a shirt but there's actually like other creators on there that have their own um, designs which are really really cool um so if you don't know who MK, mkbhd is um I, I don't know how you wouldn't but if you don't know who that is go ahead check him out he has merch there as well um he he's been using that platform for a really long time he has some really cool designs if you're an apple lover there's tons of creators out there um, that have apple related merch and there's just all around some pretty cool designs on the cotton bureau so if you don't get any stuff from um you know the updated store please get something else from um you know another creator out there they have some really awesome looking stuff and last but not least uh if you want to check out any updates for the channel you just want to tweet me or um you know do anything regarding uh, communicating with me uh, you can check me out on twitter at jeff updated But in today's podcast episode, I believe this is episode eight, uh, I wanted to talk about a few things coming up here and then also uh, kind of what's going on uh, in the world right now, just because um, I think it's important to just kind of, um, you know, take a look at what's going on and really consider new options to your lifestyle. So uh, first, I'm going to get into WWDC 2021. That's always a major highlight of my year, at least. Um, and I know a lot of you guys who support the channel, you love WWDC and uh, kind of all that comes with that. We'll talk about iOS 15, macOS 12, um, iPadOS, and kind of what the significance of all of these platforms is going to be and what we might be seeing at WWDC. Now, the next thing is smart home improvement. I've made um, a ton of my own, but I've just realized after going like a day or two without them, um, I was kind of reconfiguring everything, resetting um, everything. And I just realized like if I didn't have a smart home, life would be a whole lot harder. It just, I don't know. Um, We'll get into that just a little bit later. And then last but not least, I want to talk about cryptocurrency. It's like the new thing this year in 2021. It kind of like two years ago um, was really hyped and then all of a sudden fell. Like people were even mortgaging their home. So we'll talk about that uh, kind of like as our last subject of the day. But first, 
I want to talk about WWDC 2021. If you didn't know, the date, the first day of WWDC 2021 is June 7th. Um, so I am super stoked for that. I cannot wait um, to go ahead and uh, I believe it's a live stream. So just uh, tune into that. I did get an offer to go last year, um, kind of like one of their official press invites. And obviously that was live streamed. It was all um, online, but I've never been to WWDC. I, I That would have been the invitation that would have sent me physically to the event if they still had physical events. And I was just so bummed out, but they're doing it again this year online. Um, it's going to be a good time either way. And I'm just super excited to see, um, you know, what they reveal there. Now, obviously at um, the, the developer event every year that Apple puts on, um, they release new software. Typically, the, the major kind of interest is always in iOS. What next version of iOS are we seeing? But they also have uh, new versions, like beta versions of, um, they have iOS, macOS, iPadOS, tvOS, um, watchOS. So um, HomePod OS, they have beta versions, but that beta isn't really open to everyone. So um, that's kind of limited. But typically we see these betas that have a whole new look and feel to, you know, the software that Apple is releasing them for. Um, so I wanted to talk about the software because there's actually a lot of points that I wanted to make about each and every single one of them. So um, iOS 15 first. Um, iOS 15, I don't expect to see much of anything different. I mean, widgets has been really great. Uh, some more customization options uh, within iOS 14 have been really great. But I expect iOS 15 to be a little bit lackluster. That's what I expect. But typically we see like a lot of speculation. Typically we see like a lot of hype and just like a lot of, oh, this is coming, this is coming. And so far there's been kind of crick crickets this year. Like it's been really quiet. So either that's setting us up for maybe iOS 15 being extremely lame, like it's just gonna be like any other update, or it's going to be pretty major and Apple is keeping it under wraps um, because they don't want anything to get out before WWDC. So um, for iOS 15 specifically, my hopes are very low for what's going to come in that new version of iOS simply because we've seen some more customization options in iOS 14. We've seen a lot of privacy pushes within iOS uh, directly from Apple. And we've just seen like a lot of innovation going on within iOS 14, a lot of performance and everything like that. So I just don't know what more Apple can do um, other than moving towards um, a kind of like major redesign. And they're typically not known to do that very often and very quickly. So um, that's iOS 15. For macOS 12, I do expect to see a lot of changes. Now, they made a lot of changes last year to the UI design, but as far as like speed and performance and also kind of what you can do in macOS and kind of like the correlation between macOS and iOS and iPadOS, I expect to see a lot more unity and a lot more um, kind of flexibility with macOS 12. I really think that Apple is going to make a major push with macOS 12 and get the most performance that they can, obviously, out of the M1 chip. And um, yeah, I, I just hope that um, things are just a lot more smooth with macOS 12 versus what we've been seeing in the past. It's sort of been a little bit lackluster, very slow innovation wise. And other than like new app icons and some UI changes, I really haven't been 
fully impressed with macOS. Now, iPadOS is going to be interesting, and the reason why it's going to be interesting is because this year, um, if you didn't know, Apple released, or they announced, an iPad Pro with the M1 chip. Now, the M1 chip, as we heard last year and as we've seen in reviews and um, kind of experiencing the M1 chip on the 13-inch MacBook Pro, and now that's going to be on uh, the iMac as well, we've seen a huge amount of performance boost, a lot more efficiency. Uh, obviously, it's Apple's own in-house chips, so things are going to be a lot faster with Apple's own apps, but it's also working on other apps a lot faster. There's just a lot more innovation that can happen when Apple makes their own chip and they're not, they're not relying on Intel. So specifically with macOS and iPadOS, I do expect to see a lot of improvements specifically for the M1 chip since we have another Mac um, on the Mac platform, that being the iMac, coming um, with that M1 chip installed. And then obviously for iPadOS, this is a game changer. Uh, getting the M1 chip on an iPad. And you might think, isn't that a little overkill for an iPad? Well, the iPad has always been this thing that it's like, okay, we have the processing power, we have the tools, we have the Apple Pencil, we have this nice screen, we have uh, now a really nice keyboard, and even iPadOS last year kind of reinvigorated the the use case scenario that you can use it, it just allowed for more use case scenarios of um, the iPad Pro lineup and um, yeah iPadOS just kind of opened some doors that we never really had before but the interesting part about the M1 chip coming to um, the iPad specifically is what if we could see Final Cut Adobe Premiere um, you know, more of the Adobe suite coming to the iPad Pro lineup. Um, we've already seen apps like Photoshop um, and Lightroom coming to the iPad, and it's been amazing to see. They work so well on, um, you know, the 2020 iPad, and I'd just like to see the performance kind of expanded with that M1 chip. But what I'm specifically looking for, for me as a creator, is I'm looking for the iPad to be used as kind of like a tool in replacement of the MacBook Pro on the go. Obviously, you're going to get really good battery life with um, the iPad Pro, but I want to be able to edit um, you know, content on the go, especially with that um, enabled 4K uh, or enabled Thunderbolt 4 port um, you know, through the USB-C port on the iPad Pro. That will allow you to import 4K footage pretty quickly. Um, you know, you can work off of drives, so that would be really cool. I'm just really looking to um, expand my capabilities with iPad and iPad OS. Now, the problem here is now um, with the current configuration of the iPad and the lack of you know having access to Mac apps, i.e., Final Cut Pro. Um, I don't want to use LumaFusion. I, I don't like. I, I just don't. LumaFusion is not something I'm used to. Um, I have a bunch of uh, plugins and everything like that on my my Mac that I've purchased already, and I'd like to be able to use those on uh, on the iPad. So I just can't really justify using the iPad Pro right now as kind of like that main device, like main on-the-go device. I would have to take my MacBook Pro for like maybe editing, and then also my iPad for you know light work, being able to use the Apple Pencil. Um, so it's just a lot of stuff, and I'd like to break that down to one thing. So hopefully during WWDC, we have um, app developers previewing apps to take more advantage of the M1 platform, and I'd love Apple, their developer too, to present something where they have maybe Logic Pro, Final Cut Pro, um, 
you know, programs like that coming to iPadOS so that we can actually take advantage of that M1 chip fully on the iPad and just not have this overkill device that can't really do much past what an iPhone can do in regards to operating similar type programs. I still feel like even though Apple took iPadOS and separated it from iOS, we're still we're still dealing with kind of like this very basic platform that needs to be expanded on for the iPad specifically. So hopefully that happens. Um, and the last thing that might happen at WWDC, obviously this is a week long event. The first day they release, they have like this announcement um, and you know, the, the rest of the week they're focused on developers and you know, uh, kids like um, getting them more involved in coding and everything like that. Obviously previewing um, new language software, everything like that. It's a really cool event. But on the first day, that's typically where we get the most action. And um, on that day, I really hope that they announce the next generation MacBook Pro for the 16 inch specifically. Um, you know, when I saw the iPad Pro come out with the M1 chip, I immediately was like, oh, I kind of want a MacBook Pro. But I went and looked, and I obviously know this, but um, I went and looked and I was like, ah, should I really get the 13 inch model? Obviously, like, there's no 16 inch model. I was like, should I just break down and get the 13 inch? I had it before. Um, I returned it just because it was the screen was too small. I didn't, I didn't like that experience. I'd like the 16 inch MacBook Pro um, with the smaller bezels and everything like that. So, you know, I, I really considered getting the 13 inch model and I just didn't. And I'd love to have um, that next generation MacBook Pro 16 inch model with the M1 chip. That would be a total game changer for me. I'd absolutely love it. And I think that would work really well into my workflow. Now past that, I'd love to see the M1 or M2 chip coming to um, the Mac Pro because I've been having a blast using the uh, new generation Mac Pro. I'd just love to see some expansion on that, see if I can get even more performance. But so far, I have no complaints with that. I just like something mobile that could handle um, you know, 8K raw, uh, red raw footage, be able to handle um, 8K raw footage coming out of um, the the Canon R5 that I have. Just something that could handle all that stuff on the go so I don't have to be stuck to the Mac Pro all the time. Um, at least something that I can edit off of doesn't really need to render. I mean, rendering times on the M1 MacBook Pro were insane. Um, so I would fully expect rendering times to be very similar or um, not similar, but you know, not too bad um, on, on that platform. So yeah, hopefully we just see a lot of development with the software that, um, that comes out of WWDC. And the only hardware that I really want to see from this event is um, typically like they don't release hardware during this event, but the only piece of hardware I'd want to see is the next generation MacBook Pro. I don't think I'm really waiting on much of anything else from Apple unless they just have a totally new product that we absolutely have no idea about. So um, yeah, that is WWDC again, June 7th this year in 2021. Um, I will be putting on a live stream that day. So if you wanna join me for that, um, you absolutely can. And uh, I'll have a lot of coverage around um, iPadOS, iOS, um, you know, all that good jazz around that date. So if you aren't already, go to youtube.com slash updated, get subscribed, hit the notification bell so you can get um, updates on when we release any content. And then you can be up to date when WWDC 2021 comes around. Um, now beta, um, beta software, we'll, we'll have that discussion when, when that time comes, but um, we'll obviously be talking about that in the weeks to come up in 
you know, up until WWDC. So if you have any questions about that, you can always tweet me. You can always hit me up on YouTube. Um, a lot of people have questions about beta software. So um, if you do have a question about that, just let me know, or I may be answering that in the next couple of weeks in this podcast. Um, but subject number two, I wanted to get into smart home tech. Um, and I really want to relate to you guys that it's seriously something you can, you should consider if you haven't already. I was having a very interesting conversation with a friend the other day, um, talking about smart home technology and what you can do to get to um, essentially a keyless life. Um, we were talking about, you know, I think I saw like his keys and I was like, dang, man, you have a lot of keys. And, um, you know, I was just there sitting with my phone. I, I literally um, had one key that, that was to a car. Um, sitting in my pocket. And as far as like taking out keys to like get into my house or anything, I don't use that. I, um, I have an apartment and uh, what I do is I um, have a Yale keypad lock on my door um, for the thermostat. I installed a um, Google smart home ther- thermostat, um, formerly known as Nest. Google made their own thermostat based on that platform. And, um, you know, I have life S life X lights. So, um, all of my lights, I don't hit switches anymore. I just control it all from my phone. And, um, obviously I have a bunch of home pods laying around, um, because I love, you know, Apple products, not really for the speakers, um, per se, because I have a pretty good speaker system in, um, in my living room, but I have the home pods around so I can, you know, uh, go through those, um, request, I can ask, um, you know, I don't want to say it now because there's literally one sitting right next to me. I can ask my smart home assistant um, to to go ahead and do things for me, um, play music if I want to, or just, um, you know, use them um, to to be a little bit more productive. So I have, the, I have those spread around the house and, um, you know, I have a smart toaster oven, super weird, um, a smart toaster. Uh, again, really weird. I know you, you don't have to go that far. Um, but yeah, there's just like a lot of products that I notice every day make my life easier. And once you get started with smart home products and once you start researching them, you'll probably be wondering why you never went back. So going back to that conversation I was having with a friend and I was like, you really need to check out this stuff. You can get, um, the Yale desk, uh, Yale, um, door lock. Um, it has the keypad. You can get cameras from Nest. I really enjoy their system, really high quality uh, cameras, and uh, never had really any issues with them. You can get a Nest uh, guard system. I don't have one because I live in an apartment complex and no one's going to break in here, Um, but I did have one at my old home. And um, what I also have is the Nest thermostat, and that really enables you to, um, you you can obviously, you don't have to get up to turn on the air. I know that's super lazy. I just call it you know, being more efficient. Um, but you can also control it from, you know, outside of your home. So you can actually, um, you know, have your house cool for when you arrive. Um, if you leave, you can have it turn off based upon your phone's location. So if you're gone, why does your air need to be on? Why should you have to remember like, Oh, did I turn the air off? No, it just does it automatically for you. So ultimately that saves you money. I don't know where you guys live, how much your electricity is, but in SoCal, um, the electricity, is quite high. So if I leave my air on for an afternoon, that's going to be a pretty good chunk of change. And if you do that day after day during the summertime, um, that could add up. So, you know, I really, um, do take full advantage of that Nest thermostat. It saves me a lot of money and, um, the money that it saves is 
far, far, far more than the actual product itself. So it's definitely worth, um, you know, worth it. My door lock, definitely worth it. I can have, um, you know, other people come into uh, my home should I want to. I can set up a special passcode for them to operate at uh, certain times. I can set it to expire. So um, that's really nice. And then obviously I don't have to carry around keys with me. I just have my phone and then maybe a car key. Um, so it just makes life a little bit easier. It, it kind of um, decreases the clutter. And um, I really do think that smart home technology is something that you guys should take a look at. Now, the first products that um, you know I would start out with is definitely some smart lights. I would change the lights in your home um, to LifeX or Philips Hue lights. Personally, with LifeX, I've never really had any issues with them. They're bright, they're colorful, um, you know, really good, high quality lights. Never really had any issues with them. Um, so LifeX is what I personally use, but you can also use Philips Hue, just a matter of preference. Um, LifeX does not require a hub, so just want to let you guys know, um, Philips Hue does. So um, that's one thing to think about. So I have that. Um, one other thing that I would recommend, seriously, the door lock really good investment. Um, I love having a, a Yale door lock. Um, you can check out some of their other, other products. Um, you know, Yale has several different types of door locks. Um, I have the Yale Nest door lock, so it works with Nest, but you can check out any of their other products. And then um, the, the other product that I would highly recommend getting is um, cameras. Now, cameras is kind of like hit or miss with certain people. Um, I know some people don't like cameras. I personally do, but since I live in a, an apartment complex, I don't have them. But I do think that cameras in 2021 is a really good idea. You can monitor your children inside the home if you um, if you want to do that. But you can also get indoor and outdoor cameras to ensure that you know everything's being monitored and things are completely safe. Um, you know, it's a crazy world out there. Things happen. And, you know, just having that peace of mind is really nice. Really smart home technology um, these days just relieves a lot of stress and gives you peace of mind because there's just so much chaos with everything going on. Smart home technology sends it all to your phone and you just have it right there. And it's really nice because that phone is typically on your person. Um, so definitely consider smart home technology. If you have any questions, I know that's kind of like a big topic to kind of um, jump into, but if you have any questions about it, you can always tweet me, you can always email me. I'm always happy to recommend certain smart home products and um, you know how you can incorporate it into your life. So definitely check check out smart home products. I would start out with like Google. They make some really good products. Amazon does as well. Um, but make sure that you just get something that works with Google, Amazon, um, so that or Apple as well, um, so that you can actually take advantage of that experience on your phone, not just having to go through like several different apps. You can actually go through like just Google Home or um, the Apple Home app or um, you know something like that. So yeah, um, moving on to the third topic, it's going to be a fairly quick podcast today, um, but I wanted to get this in. It's cryptocurrency, kind of like the benefits of, and dangers of cryptocurrency. There's been this huge, huge, huge hype on cryptocurrency lately. Uh, we saw this before two years ago with Bitcoin. This year in 2021, it's um, one specific coin. It's called Dogecoin, if you haven't heard of it. Um, people are starting to get a little bit crazy. Um, I can tell you that. Uh, two years ago, if you guys didn't remember, um, people were mortgaging their homes when Bitcoin was at like the $20,000 range. Um, people were mortgaging their homes, taking equity lines of credit, 
um, to, to get cash so that, you know, they can invest in Bitcoin because it was going to go to the moon. Um, obviously, Bitcoin crashed, um, went back down to like $3,500. A lot of people got liquidated, lost their homes. A lot of people, um, it was like playing the stock market. It was a bad idea. And um, this year I'm seeing very similar things. People are investing like their life savings into Dogecoin, hoping it'll go up. And one of the things that kind of pissed me off the other day, um, I think it was actually yesterday um, or this past week, is specifically Elon Musk. I love Elon Musk. He's an innovator. He's a really cool guy. Um, he, he doesn't really conform to typical society, and I, I like that. But one of the things he's doing is something very dangerous and something that he was doing with the stock market but realized it was illegal. Um, but nothing's really legal yet um, when it comes to price fixing for cryptocurrency. Uh, Elon Musk, if you don't recall, um, was tweeting a bunch of stuff, um, stuff that was worrying investors, which would uh, kind of affect the stock price of Tesla. Um, he, you know, he would go on Joe Rogan, um, you know, he, he smoked weed on Joe Rogan's podcast, and that just, you know, totally tanked Tesla stock. And, you know, he was just shifting Tesla stock price so much. And the SEC um, was actually investigating him for, per, like, purposely doing that. Well, he stopped doing that for Tesla. He's pretty straight on the straight and narrow with Tesla. But it looks like his new hobby this year is um, kind of jacking up and lowering Dogecoin and Bitcoin prices. So, you know, at the start of the year, um, he announced that, you know, Tesla would be taking Bitcoin as payment that you, you actually like on the day he announced it, that you did see like an influx of uh, Bitcoin. Um, it actually the price went up significantly. And then um, for the past couple months, Elon Musk has been uh, seriously promoting Dogecoin like he's literally called the Doge King now. And um, the, the thing that you guys need to look at is Dogecoin has no no substance, really. It's a meme coin. People are not going around paying each other with Dogecoin. There, there's one specific reason why people are hyped about Dogecoin, and it's, it, it's how much money can it make me specifically. And I can see people taking a lot of risks with Dogecoin. Um, you know, I see it already, and it's very scary because just today, um, you know, I was reading up on Dogecoin and getting into the more detailed specifics of it, how, um, you know, how much... Um, energy it takes to mine, possibly, and it's very similar to Bitcoin. But what's really interesting is um, Tesla sent out an email and said that they stopped taking Bitcoin because it was not environmentally friendly to mine. Well, Dogecoin is the same process, almost the same. It takes up just as much energy as um, Bitcoin would, but Elon didn't say anything about Dogecoin. He keeps on promoting it. And he knows good and well the implications of, you know, the the um, environmental impact of mining Dogecoin. So it's like he's picking and choosing which which cryptocurrency to promote. He's playing with prices. Prices went from thirty six cents the other day when he announced that Bitcoin would not be taken by Tesla anymore, and he was kind of down on Bitcoin because of the environmental prices um, that it cost him, you know, mine and you know the environmental impact it it cost basically like. The price you pay with the environment is just too high. Um, you know, there's coal being mined for energy and energy is being used to, um, you know, mine Bitcoin. Well, um, then he's back on like his Doge rant 
and, you know, promoting Doge. And it's like that has the same environmental impact as Bitcoin. But Doge at a smaller price point can make you a lot more money. And, um, you know, you have to be aware of people like Elon Musk. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but he's playing well within the rules. Um, you know, he can he can do whatever he wants. In fact, I could go hype up Dogecoin right now. There's a ton of content creators out there that are, um, you know, hyping up Dogecoin, Shibu Nu. Um, they're really hyping it up, and it's not illegal. You're getting people in to, to invest in something. Obviously, there's a risk, and, um, you know, people can make a lot of money on it. They could lose a lot of money. It's kind of, you know, up in the air. And um, it's crazy because you guys just need to do your own research. You need to look at this stuff. Is this stuff safe to invest your life savings into or, you know, extra cash? Um, I don't want people losing a bunch of money off of a meme coin that has no real value at all when it comes to trading. So, you know, just something to think about when you when you hear about, you know, making, you know, Dogecoin millionaires, you're like, oh, I could totally go win um, you know, get a million dollars. At this point in time, I can tell you'd have to put a lot of money in to get a million dollars out of Dogecoin, or it has to go up very significantly. So don't think that now. Your time has passed. Um, these Dogecoin millionaires invested way back in 2018 when I did, and um, you know they they're holding on to millions of coins. Um, they are they were not they didn't just invest yesterday. So. Um, you know, just be aware, do your research when it comes to cryptocurrency. I cannot stress that enough. People back in 2018 were not doing their research and, um, you know, it hurt a lot of people. So, um, you know, just realize cryptocurrency is very much like the stock market coins like this. They're not so stable. Um, you know, if you want to go to stable coins, you can, but since cryptocurrency really isn't um, you know, the golden standard or anywhere near the golden standard now, there's really no point to just like hold it to hold it. It's, you know, purely for investment purposes, but it's a very risky investment. So just think about that. Um, but if you guys have any questions about cryptocurrency, I'm not going to tell you like which coins to invest in, you know, what, what to do. Um, but if you want to, you know, get more information about what I was talking about today, like environmental impact and, you know, what, someone says versus, you know, what the truth is, just let me know. I'll be able to send you some, some information, but you know, seriously, I, I hear a lot of people talking about crypto, a lot of the youth, they're investing a lot of their money into crypto. And, um, you know, I just want to make you guys aware of, you know, the dangers of doing that. I'm not saying you shouldn't, I'm just saying you should do your research beforehand. So you don't come out losing a bunch of money and you don't realize what actually happened. So yeah, um, but that was all I wanted to talk about in today's episode. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, I'm super stoked for WWDC. Come and join me on June 7th. I'll have a live stream up and then a lot of content following that. So I'd be super excited to see you guys there. Um, and yeah, just do your research on, you know, smart home products, cryptocurrency. Um, that's what we talked about today as well. Um, just do your research and um, figure out what is good for you. Um, but guys, thank you for joining me on today's episode. I believe it's episode eight. Um, if you want to check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash updated merch. Don't forget about that. The Cotton Bureau, um, it's the, what is the merch website is cottonbureau.com slash people slash updated for our store. And there's a ton of other stores on there. You should totally check out for some pretty awesome designs. Um, last but not least, you can check me out on Twitter at Jeff Updated. 
pretty communicative there. So if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that, just leave them on Twitter. But anyways, guys, I thank you for joining me on today's episode. Remember, episodes are every Monday and Friday. So episode nine will be on Monday. I have a lot to talk about, and um, I hope to uh, meet you guys there on that episode. But until then, I hope you all have an awesome day. I hope you have an awesome weekend, and enjoy enjoy the weekend. It's going to be a good one. But I'll, I'll check you guys in the next episode and uh, hope to see you then. Peace out, guys.